You were listening to Making It in the Toy Industry, episode number 59. Welcome to Making It in the Toy Industry, a podcast for inventors and entrepreneurs like you. And now your host, Ajel Wade. Hey there, toy people, Ajel Wade here, and welcome to a bonus episode of Making It in the Toy Industry. This podcast is brought to you by thetoycoach.com. Right now, you might be wondering why there's an extra episode waiting for you when you know a week hasn't passed yet since the last MIDI episode. Well, here's why. In celebration of Black History Month, I decided to put together a bonus mini-series featuring four incredible Black women in toys and entertainment. In this mini-series, I asked each interviewee the same 10 questions and received answers that made me laugh, brought tears to my eyes, and at times even gave me goosebumps. Throughout this last week of Black History Month, I'll be releasing four new bonus episodes highlighting these incredible Black women in our industry. Now, I was really selective with my 10 interview questions because the goal for me is twofold to share the career achievements of these incredible women, and also to share a bit of their personal life and perspectives with you, the listeners of this podcast. All right, toy people, it's time to meet some SAG award-winning, Golden Globe-nominated, history-making powerhouses in the toy and entertainment industries right now. Let's dive in. Our guest today is Chantelle Calloway. Chantelle is an advocate for literacy, entrepreneur, and the creator behind the hit board game Rhyme Antics. She is a Boston, Massachusetts native who moved to NYC in 2014 with big dreams of making her Rhyme Antics game idea a success. Calloway's 10-year entrepreneurial journey led her to discover a growing literacy crisis that continues to worsen due to the effects of COVID-19. Calloway is driven by her passion to promote book culture within her community and use Rhyme Antics as a catalyst to make reading cool again. Now, Rhyme Antics success comes from its unique ability to function as a party game, family game, and a classroom game for educators. It's critically acclaimed, sold in multiple retailers, and has actually made Black history by becoming the first Black-owned game to be sold in both Target and Walmart stores. Let's meet Chantel, toy people. Chantel, thank you so much for coming to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me. So today we're going to start out. You are one of our amazing Black women in toys that we're highlighting this month. So I'm going to run through the questions. Are you ready? I am so ready. Okay. To start off, how long have you been in the toy and entertainment industry? Uh, toy industry. This is my 10th year. Uh, yes, yes. 10th year entertainment five. So I would say 15 years altogether. I know I look young, but you know, I just turned 40. What? No way. (laughs) Yeah, I did. Wow. So, so you worked in entertainment before toy. Tell me a little bit about that. I did. Um, I was an event planner. Um, I got my certification from FIT in New York, actually. Um, I'm a Boston native, uh, but um, my dad was in the entertainment industry for, you know, all his life. I I grew up in the entertainment industry, music and club nightlife. And, um, you know, so I was just kind of born into it and, you know, fell in love with 
music and hip hop at a very, very young age and, uh, you know, producing events. And so, you know, I caught that entertainment bug, wanted to be like my dad who, you know, owned a nightclub and was known for being doing big kind of concert productions. And uh, I went to New York and I, was, I loved fashion. So I wanted to, you know, do fashion shows and things like that. So I got uh, my certification in event planning from FIT. And that ties perfectly into my next question. Where do you work right now and what do you do right now? So I am a full-time entrepreneur and I've been an entrepreneur for 12 years. Um, I did have my own event planning company first. Um, And then uh, when I started developing the game back in uh, January of 2011, I've just been working full time to make this game a success. So I'm a founder and a CEO and an inventor of Rhymantics. Oh, nice. Tell us about Rhymantics. What's that all about? So Rhymantics is a vocabulary game inspired by hip hop. You have to rap in proper English. Some people always laugh when I say that because it's like hip hop, proper English. Right. right. <laughs> I don't know if I could do that, but. You know, I'm an 80s baby. I grew up in the golden era of hip hop where, you know, lyricists were real geniuses and would, you know, tell these amazing stories, rapping and actually a very vast, real vocabulary. So um, it's like an intellectual art for those who are can really do it. You know, the Nas's, the Kendrick's, the J. Cole's of the world. Um, and then especially kind of like, you know, Biggie, he was a lyrical genius. If you listen to his bars, everything kind of wrapped on online. So anyway, I wanted to really add value back to the culture that I love so much. Hip hop's really, um, a passion of mine. And then I'm also an advocate for literacy. So Rhymantics actually promotes literacy first while paying homage to the roots of hip hop artistry. I love it. I watched the video and I haven't showed it to my partner Christian yet because I'm going to surprise him with it. He <laughs> loves like we will be driving and he'll say, let's look, play a beat and let's yeah. just let's rap. And I'm like, really? <laughs> my boyfriend yeah. is Colombian. Okay. <laughs> and he's better at, than me at it. And I just it's so I can't wait to play this game with him. I think he's going to love it. I'm not going to tell him about it. It's going to be a surprise. Okay. Dope. Yeah, he would definitely love it. Definitely great for, you know, I created it for the inner rapper in all of us. So I definitely cannot freestyle at all. But, you know, I just wish I could because it's so dope to be able to do that. And, you know, so it's for the inner rapper in all of us. What do you love most about your job as an entrepreneur? The ability to create and uh, work for myself, of course. (laughs) Uh, You know, run my own show. And to be able to inspire and educate, you know, people, you know, adults and children, really, um, just to to get when I, you know, watch people play or host game nights or if I'm running, you know, my my literacy program I run at Boys and Girls Clubs. I just really love to see people think and use their creative thinking while they have fun. And who in your family is most surprised or entertained by what you do for a living? I would say all of them. There's really? 
Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, my dad, he, um, you know, I come from a very creative family. So my dad, who's like a, a brilliant creative genius, I think, and he's actually the the mind behind the original idea for the game. So I can't take full credit. It's really a family idea that I kind of just really put into you know, into action and brought to fruition. The game came out of like, you know, us gathering during Thanksgiving, as we always do. And kind of, you know, traditionally game nights is kind of an American tradition during the holidays. And we were just really tired of playing the same old games for like 30, 40 years, you know. He uh, came up with this call and response rap game and we loved it and loved playing it. And you know, every time we got together as a family, we liked to play it. And, um, you know, he would just kind of like improv. He would just point at us and he would say something and then point at us. Just like how you do, how you probably play with your yeah. boys in the car, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like kind of unofficial way to play. Yeah. But I just added methodology and structure to it. And so now it's like this, this dope game that everybody loves. And people are always like, why didn't I think of that? So I would say my dad, he's always just in awe that I actually took the idea and, you know, put it on paper and then created a prototype. And now it's in Target and Walmart. (laughs) It's just like, you're stealing my next question. What do you view as your biggest achievement in the toy industry today? Yeah, well, that's it. You know, we are four days away from Black History Month and I've officially made Black History. Yes. Much applause. It's me clapping alone, <laughs> but you know, much applause. That's so fantastic. Yeah, it's been a 10-year journey. And um, so I started with the goal of being in Big Box. I started with that goal when I started developing the product, you know, because like you just got to think if you're going to commit to something, you got to commit and do it big and, you know, shoot for the stars, you know? So um, just to see it actually happen and be a real thing is pretty incredible um for a 10-year journey tell me a little bit about what it took to get there to get into big box (laughs) do you want to hear me cry no No. it has been uh very tumultuous it's not an easy road no it's it's definitely not easy um What, what helped you get there what do you think helped you get there Honestly, my my love for hip hop and the culture and wanting to add value to it. And then my love for education and, you know, working with kids, working with kids, because um, like I mentioned, I, you know, developed a creative curriculum, literacy curriculum around the game. That I launched a pilot program with the Boys and Girls Club um, maybe like five years ago now. So I work kind of exclusively with the Harlem Boys and Girls Club. And I was running a program every summer. Um, And then, of course, COVID came along and kind of ruined that this past summer. But, Mm. you know, just working with kids and uh, igniting a love for education and creative thinking is is really what has kept me going. Now that you're talking about working with kids, it, it kind of points to my next question about your childhood did you feel represented by the toys that you played with growing up? I am. I was a Barbie lover because mm-hmm. um, of the fashion and the dolls. And I, I always remember having black Barbies. So I think I 
I felt pretty represented, but I was also kind of a tomboy. So I used to play with GI Joes and <laughs> and things like that. But I, I would say that when it came to Barbies, I don't ever remember feeling like they can't. I can't relate to these dolls. They don't look like me because I definitely had black Barbies. I wonder, did your parents insist that you had black Barbies? Yeah, my mom definitely would just buy black Barbies. Okay. <laughs> So you remember that. (laughs) So you were represented in your world. You were like, Barbie didn't always have black Barbies. Like, I don't know about that. She she had a lot of white friends, which was funny because that was me in real life. You know, I went to um, suburban school in Boston and that was my real life. So Barbie was kind of me. Oh, that's (laughs) so funny. Oh, that's so great. I know. And I remember having the little cabrio and I always wanted a cabrio, the Barbie cabrio that I wanted a cabrio. What's a Barbie cabrio? It's like a car. It's like the Volkswagen. Oh, okay. Like it looked like a beetle, but convertible a little bit bigger. It's called a cabrio. They just continued it, but I wanted that car. I wanted that to be my first car so bad. I, I really loved Barbie. I wanted to be Barbie. Oh, that's so awesome. Do you, why do you think it's important for Black culture and faces to be represented in toys and game products like the one that you created? Children are the future, future leaders of the world. It's very important to see yourself represented so that you know what you can do and be. You know, a variety of things. We're more than just entertainers and athletes. We're inventors and lawyers and doctors and astronauts and astrophysicists. And, you know, representation is so, so important to see see our faces in, you know, various fields. Yeah, I agree. Now, there are so many toys today. I learned in our conversation before we started recording that you also know Dr. Lisa, who created the Fresh Dolls, which is a beautiful multicultural doll line. And so there's so many toys today that are designed to represent and celebrate not just Black features, but all other ethnicities as well, like the Fresh Dolls. Uh, Tell me, which toys that you see today do you think you would have loved to have when you were growing up? I love the fresh dolls. I like the size of them. I like the fact that they're a little bit bigger than Barbie. Um, yeah, that's what I love. I love the big dolls. I like the Bratz dolls. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, Bratz are really cool. Uh, I was like a doll fashion girl. So the Bratz and the fresh dolls, any doll I could like dress. And I love that. I really, truly love that. Now for one more, you know, back in time question. If you could travel back in time to when you first began your toy and entertainment career, what piece of advice would you give yourself? Don't take anything personally. Yeah, this business world is, you know, only the strong survive. And um, I recently read a book, Ego is the Enemy. I don't know if you know that book. No. It's a really wonderful book. Um, Just about, you know, our ego and how our ego really prevents us from from doing things or becoming uh, the leader or master, you know, just living in our power. Um, So, you know, a, a huge part of my journey has been sales um, cold selling, um, having to learn what that was and how to master it and how to just walk into stores cold and talk to owners and get my game 
on their shelves. And, um, you know, the biggest part of sales is also follow-up and, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times you can get, you can get really discouraged because someone's not responding to you and you, you take it personally. You think someone's ignoring you. You think, you know, all the the stories we make up in our head and we tell ourselves, you know what I mean? Yep. Um, And, and none of that is really even true. It's like, these people are busy. There's probably 20 of you trying to get in there at the same time. And, you know, your ability to be aggressive with your follow-up and humble um, is so, so, so important. And a lot of people, especially with the sales part, just can't get beyond, you know, their ego. And so you cannot take things personally at all. You just got to let it go and keep trying. I mean, I've had some owners that I've had to like follow up with 10, 15 times, you know, keep going in the store until you close the sales. Like that's how hard you have to work. So yeah, never take anything personal and just keep working. Thank you so much, Chantel. This was a great interview. I'm so excited to share this with everybody on Black History Month, the month where you are making Black history. Congratulations with Rhyme Antics. Is there anything else you want to share about what you're working on or talk about Rhyme Antics just to close out the interview? Yeah, I want to play a quick round with you. Oh, what? Oh, no. What? And you on the spot, toy, toy coach. I'm not, <laughs> I am not my boyfriend. Okay, this is going to be... Oh, Lord. Okay. But, you know, I have to. I do it with everybody. So oh, my God. Just calm yourself. Namio ho renge Okay? What's that? That's like a mantra. It's like a Hindu mantra where you just calm yourself and like... But anyway, so, you know, to calm yourself... And so Rhymantics is played in two teams. Two teams battle each other. Mm-hmm. And there's three levels of difficulty, easy, intermediate, intellectual. And there's an app, a music app that's free on the app store that plays the music while the two teams bas- uh, battle, rap battle. And so the team chooses a difficulty level and then a card is read to them at random. Right. Um, and then the, the car, the team has 60 seconds for each person to quickly freestyle a verse that's one creative sentence and the last word of your verse has to rhyme with the underlying or word on the card. Okay. So if the card were, and this is just an example, uh, I don't want to fight. Right. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, uh, tomorrow I have to take a flight. Okay. And then I'd pass you the mic. And what would you say? Uh, I hope I'm going to get this right. <laughs> <laughs> again and i'd be like and i'd be like you tried but not quite oh right? uh, wait and so then, wait does the then, game come with a mic yes it does Ooh. okay yeah, okay it's like a stress foam material mic because people they get stressed and they're squeezing the mic and then they pass it so you're passing the mic passing the mic you know the team is spitting bars and they have 60 seconds to guess as many words as they can on the back of the card in the 60 seconds and that's how they get points love it yeah, so that that's Rhymantic. So it's a freestyle rap game, but you just have to use real words. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show, Chantel. This was so awesome. I really loved this interview. 
Oh, you're welcome. And thank you for the work you do to educate us in the toy industry. Of course. Well, toy people, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed today's bonus episode and that you learned something from our guests. You can head over to thetoycoach.com forward slash podcast for more on today's episode. There you can read the show notes, grab all of the links mentioned in the episode today, as well as learn more about today's guest. I know there are a ton of podcasts out there, so it means the world to me that you tune into this one. Until next time, I'll see you later, toy people. Thanks for listening to Making It in the Toy Industry podcast with Agile Wade. Head over to thetoycoach.com for more information, tips, and advice. Hey, are you an aspiring toy inventor or toy entrepreneur? then you should check out Toy Creators Academy, the first of its kind online program designed to help you develop and pitch your toy ideas. Head over to toycreatorsacademy.com to learn more.